Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, Paul Hamilton. Not on the Western Hotline. He's here. Paul Hamilton's appearance brought to you by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. You're heading down to the arena, though, in a couple minutes? Yeah, well, we're not in the arena because Drake is there for two Drake. shows. You going? I am going. I'm going on Wednesday. I will be there. I'm not. Yeah. I will be in Florida. That's not so. your. That, no, come on. That's not. That's not your scene. That's not my scene anyway. Even if I was here, I would not be going. But Drake I and J. Cole. I, I don't begrudge anybody that's going. <laughs> I, he, he, if he wasn't a good artist, he wouldn't be getting yep. the the following that he has. It's just that's not my music. That's yep. all. So that that's that's it. It's no big deal. But I respect uh, I respect him as an artist absolutely. You uh you won't be complaining anyway because you'll be on a beach probably in the <laughs> on the day I'm going on Wednesday. Would you, would you go on a beach with Rob Ray though? Shh, that sounds actually like something fun would happen. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what, but so, th- th- there would be a story to tell. Do by you the actually end of the day. think fun things happen on Rob Ray? I think there a sto- There would be you, a story. Do you to think tell. he busts people's chops? And, I, uh... I would think so. So yeah, I'm going to say yes to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say yes to that. Paul Hamilton on uh, here on WGR. The Sabers win last night in Carol against Carolina at home, and first three game win streak of the year. They they. It's right to say they earned it, didn't they? Like, that's a good team, and I, I don't know that they dominated them, but they played well. Yeah, and actually, if you look at their points percentage recently, uh, I would say probably since around January 1st, they're around 14th, 15th in the league, which is quite a bit better than they are now. It's it's like 570-ish, somewhere in there. Okay. I looked it up and don't remember what I read. Um, but it's somewhere in there. So they've been playing better. They've won five out of seven. Mm-hmm. But what it's done is it's gotten them closer to the pack, right? So they actually right now are very. If they continue to win for the next week or so, they could be sitting in ninth. Right. They're that close to the pack, yeah. But they're not close to the playoffs because once they get to ninth, they're they're actually further back now than they were before, and Which they've won five out of seven. Which is incredible because the Red Wings in Tampa just don't. The Red Wings don't lose, right? So, I mean, trying to catch them, it's it's just like, well, yeah, you did pretty well recently. You've won five in a row on the road. Yep. You've, you've done very, very well mm-hmm. on the road. 
Now you won a big game at home against a team that you that came in sixteen and two against you in the last eighteen games. Mm-hmm. You you got out a win and find a way to win in that game. An even game. It wasn't like they got dominated or they dominated. It was a very even back and forth game. The shots were representative of that, thirty two each. Mm-hmm. Um you you go to a shootout, which was even after three rounds, nobody scored. You know, so that's how even that game was. Both teams had a couple of power plays. Both teams scored a power play goal. So it was a very, very even game, but there was a very good team that they have trouble with. And yes. I told I told Brian, Brian, we do the uh, relax keys to the game. And I, it was very simple for me. Keep Ajo off the scoreboard. I mean, in 18 games against the Sabres, he had 28 points. He kills that team, just kills that team. They did that. Aho did not have a point. He had one shot. Mm-hmm. Because they play a lot of close games against Carolina. The reason they always lose because Aho has three points. Well, you didn't keep yeah. him off the board and you lost by a goal or two. Well, they kept him off the board. And they won by a goal because of that. And he didn't even score in the shootout. Lukanen yeah. stopped him in the shootout. I was just going to ask you, did he stay in there? Because Dalene hit him at one point where it looked like he, he might hurting. leave the game, but he was hurting, and yeah. he came out at the TV timeout to skate it off. Okay, and then kept going. He played, and then he got in the shootout. And remember last year, Lukanen couldn't yes. stop a shootout shot at all. We were doing the thing that we've done with other goalies in the past, where should they put someone else in just for the shootout, and that never actually happens. Yeah, but. they scored every on every shot. Yes, and the confidence. It was like night and day. Like you could see by body language, you're not scoring. Mm-hmm. That's the attitude he had. And um, Teravainen hit the crossbar. But I always say in that case, did he have net or did he hit the crossbar because Lukanen gave him nothing? Mm-hmm. Sometimes posts and crossbars are all you got because the net's covered. And you, you know, so you take a shot trying to pick a corner that's not there and you hit the post. Sometimes you miss it, and there is net there, and you hit the post. So I don't know if that crossbar was a case of there was nothing there, or he just missed and hit the crossbar. But the, you know he stopped the other three shots. Yeah, Aho, one of them. There's some very good shooters that Carolina has, and uh, it was like night and day watching him in the shootout. He is. I mean, it is five starts in a row now, and really, would it be ten? If he didn't get sick the one day, yes. right as the game Comrie yes. played, yes. I mean, they 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 have some back to backs. It's kind of a scheduling thing too, right, Paul? Where it's kind of almost funny that they haven't had even really an this opportunity. Is the friendliest to play someone schedule, else. yeah. This is the best schedule I think I've ever seen for the Sabers. Yeah. In March, they do have four back to backs, one at home, and then um, then you've got the on the road. It was Toronto and Nashville. That's a goofy back to back. First of road we, trip, and the first of which is this coming weekend. They go Vegas and Winnipeg both at home. Right. So that's coming up. But, I mean, Lukanen has been so strong. I mean, I guess we'll get to see somebody else probably. Should I even assume that, by the way, that we'll see somebody else? I I can almost guarantee he won't play all four back-to-backs, even if they're in it. Mm -hmm. He might play some of them Mm -hmm. if, if, if all of a sudden they keep winning. And they do get get on the verge of an eight game or a ten game winning streak, which is what. And I don't even know if yeah. that gets them in. To be quite honest with you, the way Detroit's playing, I mean, they just don't pick up any points, even no matter how good they do. Yeah. So I'm not even sure if they go on an eight to ten game heater here, that they by the end of it they'd even be in a playoff spot. They'd be closer, I would think. Yeah. 
but I don't know if they'd actually be in one. The thing that they do have, and I almost don't even want to throw it out there because it, it's it's so unlikely that they'll make up enough ground to to get in the real race. I think of like, hey, couple like four points out, three points out. They do have three games left against Detroit, so we could do the whole couple against Tampa too. And they have two against, and Tampa. they have some games in hand on yeah. Tampa. So they have five games total against the two teams in those wild card positions. So. I mean, if you win the right games combined, but realistically, with streak, are you going to win all five of those games? Right. I mean, even if you're playing well, right? I mean, realistically, are you going to be able to come out with wins in all five of them? You do well to win. You do what you do well to go three one and one, maybe in those five. Especially, games. you know, yeah. they're grinding out goals right now, but they're not scoring. I mean, right. we were talking before we, you know, Tage Thompson. He's playing as well as he can possibly play. He's been fantastic. I mean, he Tage Thompson is absolutely back, but he still can't put the puck in the net. I mean, he's getting, uh, he's creating these great scoring opportunities. I mean, grade A, phenomenal scoring opportunities, and he can't get it into the net. Yeah, and uh, so that's the other thing too. If you're trying to win all five of those games, you got to be able to put the puck in the net, and they still are challenged at that. The one, the one thing they did have last night. I mean, they they had a couple lines. I guess they were going, but. Paul, that Krebs, Paterka, Benson line, since it's come together. I mean, Krebs maybe especially. He makes that play to power for the goal last night. Have they have they found something there with I mean, it's so few games, but Krebs playing with more skilled players. In the that lineup? was the plan all along, according to Granado. He talked about it that he he needed to get a foundation of his game. So that's why he was where he was, and that's why he played where he was. He goes, it was very important as a young player. He didn't have that foundation to get that. And Granado said that he would tell him regularly, you will get more. We're getting you a foundation right now. You are not a last-line player. He goes, that's not how we envision you. You are right now, but that's not where you're going to end up. Mm-hmm. But we need you to get a foundation uh, as a hockey player, a professional hockey player, and then we will give you more, which they have done now. The, the very first game, I didn't like that line at all. And I, I, I remember saying afterwards, I hope they keep it together mm-hmm. because I don't want to just blow it up after one game because it didn't look good. And they did. I mean, they kept it together, and it's looked good ever since. I mean, they, they spend most of their time in the offensive zone. Yep. Krebs is a very gifted passer. Um, you know, he, it sounds like he has eyes in the back of his head. He knew power was coming mm-hmm. and he knew power was open and he put it right where it needed to be. And, and I remember we, we may have talked about this on the air when he was on team Canada for the world championships, right. he was playing right. wing on one of the lesser lines, didn't get a lot of ice time. And about halfway through that tournament, they moved him to center on one of the top lines mm-hmm. that game. He was player of the game for Canada. Because they they put him with better players, he could show his offensive talents, and for the rest of the tournament, he was one of their better players by playing on that line. It was like Canada finally realized we're wasting this guy. So that's what this is. This is the more that's coming. Now he's on the power play again, where you know he took Paterka's place. Paterka wasn't producing on the power play. And the reason being is two games ago, Paterka had just finished a really long shift and Buffalo went in the power play. And Krebs went out there for him. I, I think Renato liked what he saw, mm-hmm. so he put him out for the next one too. And last game he was out for both of them also. So he's now mm-hmm. a fixture on that number two power play for Paterka. Could he 
I mean, if the rest of the season goes well for him, you, you tell me if I'm making something out of nothing here. Because Middlestat and Cousins both have played on the wing and done it well. Does Krebs, the rest of the season, could it mean anything for what they decide with Middlestat down the road? And whether or not, like if they say Krebs is, has shown well to be a top nine centerman so we don't have to focus as much on, you know, re-signing Middlestad or, or anything along those lines? No, I think they know what they'd like to do with Middlestad, as Kevin Adams said on our air. I'm looking at signing him. That's what I want to do. That's what we're looking to do. He didn't say for how long. Hmm. My guess, and it's only a guess, is they're looking to sign him for a couple of years. Bridge you know, deal? Yeah. yeah. You, well, yeah, and they don't do bridge deals anymore, but at least keep him a saber for a couple of more years. I don't think they see him as a six- to eight-year guy because they just don't have the room. Because They see that for Quinn. They see that for Paterka. They see that for Levi. Who knows where Lukanen's contract goes. Uh, good, uh, after, good, good luck guessing that one. Right? That, to me, that's a total guess. I can't, yeah. I can't even give you an intelligent thought on that. I don't know where, how, what you sign him for or what you're going to do after just one good season you know, where he kind of came into his own. So they're going to have to deal with that in the off season. But I think as they look forward, they're thinking, we want Quinn long-term. We want Paterka long-term. We want Levi long-term. And then where does that leave Middlestat? There's only so many guys you can go long-term with. So unless you make a trade of one of the core guys, Mm -hmm. I think they can only fit him in for a year or two. So when he says that's the way I take it, that when he says that, my guess is they're looking maybe to sign him to a two-year contract to keep him around. Paul Hamilton hanging out here, practice in uh, about an hour here at uh, at KeyBank Center. So, no. what's that? Drake's at KeyBank Center. Drake, thank you, thank you. Drake's at KeyBank Center. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Drake again. Uh, so, the way that Granado described the team last week, he got into a little bit of a back and forth, and he mentioned like the scoring will come back. And kind of pointed out, like, you know, I think he was implying, like, defensively, right? Like, Lukanen and limiting chances. I saw this morning, Paul, they've allowed the least goals in the league in the calendar year of 2024. They are better defensively. There's they no are. question about it. And it's not just Lukanen. He's a big part of it. Right. But the defensemen are better. Clifton, from that Boston game on, mm. has been very good. I, I have no problem Clifton playing in the third pair moving on as a Buffalo Sabre. I think mm-hmm. he's fine, and I think he's played very well. Yoki Haru, mm-hmm. I think, especially since he's been out there when the, with the injuries with Darlene, ex- played extremely well. You know, I think he's a better defenseman than maybe he's been. He still, mm-hmm. every now and then, gets into goofy stages. But I, for the most part, I think he's played very well. Um, so they were all coming together, I think, as a deep, and it's it's a five man unit. Yeah, it's forwards not turning the puck over, and and now you got three on ones coming the other way. They don't turn the puck over near as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. Granado has kind of pounded his fist lately about um, they're one of the best teams in the league at not giving up. You know, when they have the lead going right. in the third period, and I looked it up. Yeah. He's right. In the last two years, they have not lost in regulation when they've had the lead going into the third period. And uh, I believe 45-0-5, if I'm not mistaken, in 140 games in the last two years, which has them fifth in the league in that category. But in those 140 games, they're 22nd in points percentage. So where has it gotten you? 
Right. That you're so good at protecting the lead that you're 45 0 and 5 in your last two seasons when you have the lead going into the third period, but yet your points percentage is 22nd in the league in that time period. Yeah. So with with all that being said, do you think it could be as simple as they have improved in the areas they want to that the scoring will come back and that will be not not it, but we, we talked about with Tage, right? Like the shooting percentage and he's getting his chances again and Cousins I think in the last couple of weeks has definitely been getting his chances. So is it as simple as the scoring will come back and then they'll have the combination that works? My thought when I heard Granado said that say that, my thought was, will it? I am not anywhere near as confident about it as he is. I think it will for Tage, and we were talking about say, mm-hmm. off the air say, uh, shooting percentages last year. His shooting percentage was fifteen point nine. The year before, when he scored thirty eight, it was fifteen. Right. His career is around twelve nine, but folks, you have to realize in the beginning of his career, he didn't score that much. So I, I don't really pay much attention to 12-9. I pay attention to 15-9 and 15. That's two years of scoring where that seems to be where his shooting yeah. percentage should be. Should be like his shooting percentage since Granado put him at center. Even right. though I know it's not all at center, but like right. the last three years. That's where I'm looking. It should be in the 15s. It's around. It was 9-7 going into last night's game. It should it's probably around 9-6, 9-5 right now. Yep. And... There is luck involved. I am not the person, and some analytics people are, they they make it sound like the whole game is luck. They use the word lucky all the time. Yes, there is luck involved in scoring, no question about it. And right now he has none. I mean, he's playing on the top of his game. He's getting glorious grade-A scoring chances that he and his linemates are creating for him, and he just can't put the puck in. So he, right now, to me, he has no luck. I mean, he's not even getting a puck that's squirting through a goalie, mm-hmm. you know, or anything like that. So, the, I so him, yes, yeah. If he gets his shooting percentage even up to thirteen or something like that, a lot more goals are going to start going in for him. Some of the others, I'll I'll stay with. Will it? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I'm not as confident as he is. Yeah. Paul Hamilton. The deadline is eleven days away. They have six games. Before that, and they're 11 points out. I mean, I'm not expecting any sort of blockbuster. Do you think what they do in the next six games will determine whether they want to sell pieces or not? Like, if they win, if they keep this heater going and win, I don't know, four of the six or something, will they, you think that could change what they do with some of the veteran UFA guys? One thing about Kevin Adams, he is very fair because he. He feels you should be fair with players. He was, he wants players. He he wants to be honest with players because he wanted honesty when he was a player. And he has said it's it's up to Kyle Oposo and it's up to Eric Johnson, and he will have conversations. Maybe probably already has mm-hmm. with them if they would like to leave or not. If they would like to go to a playoff team, he said he will do everything he can to accommodate that. If they want to stay and try to finish the job, then that's what will happen. He, he feels he owes that to them, especially Kyle, to to honor his wishes when it comes to that. So, yeah, they really don't have – you know, he's he's always looking for the, the, the real trade, yeah. but not many real trades of substance are made at the trade deadline. Right. I'm not saying they never are. Sometimes. But I mean, when it's a lot po- rarer than it used it's, to. It's rare. I mean, Adams has said 
a lot of the framework for summer trades are started at mm-hmm. the trade deadline where you start working the trade, you know, the framework of, all right, this is what it'll take. And th- then you keep negotiating, right? Just because you can't trade after the trade deadline doesn't mean you can't negotiate with another GM. Mm-hmm. And you keep negotiating right through. And then maybe the trade comes to fruition in the summertime. What I think fans are, everybody wants to see the Sabres win, of course, fans. Mm-hmm. And they want to see them go on a heater here and play play great. There is one problem with that. If they do that, mm-hmm. we're going to be sitting here in September talking about pretty much the same team. Yeah. Because they're going to say, "Well, see, look at look <laughs> at our finish. Look right. at how good these guys are. They mm-hmm. figured it out." Mm-hmm. And I'll say the same thing I said a few minutes ago. Did they? Or is the pressure off? Right. You know, and but that's that could happen because. Kevin Adams is very committed to these players and to these coaches. And that that would be great for the fans of Buffalo if they went on a heater at the end of the year here. But I'm not sure the what needs to be done with the roster would be done if that happens. Hmm. They they might be happy. I wonder what would make them happier. It's like would going on a run here and missing the playoffs by 5 points or 4 points instead of 10 or now now that you're saying it like if they they don't turn things around and that kind of sparks them into making a trade in the off season a big one or realizing I, that that gets fans excited too or realizing they have a flawed roster right yeah not hugely flawed just but it needs but, to be tweaked but and, they are yeah. not mentally strong and they've proven that at home they have had two straight years now of being one of the worst home teams in the National Hockey League and so they're they to me there are there are guys and Adams has to figure out who these guys might be who maybe aren't mentally strong or uh, you know can't follow directions or whatever it might be, but it's not right. Mm-hmm. There's no question this is flawed. It's two two years running now with the same group basically, and their records are very similar. Their home records are horrendous. It's it's not a fluke anymore. That you could say, all right, last year was a fluke. If you played better at home this year, if you figured it out, say, all right, we just had a bad year at home. Well, you've had now a bad two years at home, and that's that's on this team. That's guys who have trouble performing under pressure at home. And Granado's always talking about pressure. You know, they can't perform under this pressure, and they can't perform under this pressure, and. I'm to a point now, I understood the pressure part of it last year. First time a lot of them were in a playoff run. I get it. That's why I wanted them to do it the way they did it. Don't go get people. Let these kids figure out. And they did a pretty good job. They came within one point. Mm -hmm. So they figured it out. But now we're talking about pressure with contracts and pressure this and pressure that. And I just kind of throw up my arms and say, I don't know. I look around the league. I mean – is everybody crumbling under pressures of signing a contract or I don't know. I don't see that. And that just tells me there's some people on this team that are, are are not mentally tough. And Kevin Adams would have to figure out who those people are and make moves accordingly. Paul Hamilton brought to you by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. Thanks, Paul. Enjoy Florida. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll try. you try. I'll give it a shot. Shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Yep. Uh, time out here. We talked receivers earlier in the day. There's receiver news in the NFL. We'll let you know what that is when we come back. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Browning, looking. Pressure, throws it deep. And the ball is caught by T. Higgins at the one-yard line. And it's actually called a touchdown. Right there, feels the pressure, throws it up. T. Higgins again on the Caleb Evans, goes up, makes the catch, two feet down. It's a completion. T. Higgins is back with the Bengals. He signs a franchise tag. Excuse me, they've placed the franchise tag on him. He would have to sign it to play for the team. But any wish that the Bengals were going to enter next year with just Jamar Chase and no T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd, that is now uh, probably dead. We'll see. Higgins can make it ugly. He can demand a trade. And they have till June something, I think, to, to work out a deal. So they have months and months to go here. But I'm betting the Bengals' plan is just to let him play on the tag and then not pay him and let him walk. And if Higgins knows that, you know, maybe it's more likely that he would make it a problem. I'm not playing without a long-term contract, and if the Bengals don't want to sign him to a long-term contract, then maybe there is still a departure that could be had here, but that got a lot less likely with the Bengals deciding to place the tag on him for $20-plus million. So... Lots of wide receiver news, more so rumors that we talked about earlier. But Higgins, back to the Bengals. We just talked with Paul Hamilton. He's headed now to practice. Sabres and Panthers tomorrow night. Sabres and Lightning on Thursday night. Both road games. And this trip last year that we talked about on Friday because it was the anniversary of, it was... The best Florida road trip that they've ever had. I mean, they had the Ilya Labushkin overtime goal in Tampa. And then two nights later, Craig Anderson score uh, has a 50-plus save night. And the Sabres win against Florida. And they were right there. They got into a playoff spot after the Tampa game. I think they tied for one after the Florida game one year later. They are a lot further out. I do I want to talk about what Paul said last segment about be careful what you wish for. Because if the Sabres go on a run from here to the end of the season, and even a run is going to make it a, a, not likely that they're going to make the playoffs. They are at 1%. 
basically anywhere you look, to make it. They would need to be so dominant the rest of the way to even have a chance at making it. Is there wiggle room for the idea of them going on a run could actually harm them in the future? Because as Paul said, what, what could happen, you don't want it to, but what could happen is a heater would give Kevin Adams confirmation that, oh, see, this this group can work. That, look, they did figure it out. And then next season, we don't have to do as much. We don't have to trade Middlestat. We don't have to make room for Kulik. We don't have to, you know, make this big trade that I might have had in mind or sign this free agent that I might have had in mind because, no, I'm just going to let it go. We're going to be patient. We're going to be patient. Because that, that scares me a little bit. Hearing that said and thinking that way, that if they were to miss by four points instead of 11, that that would change the outcome of the offseason. I am legitimately excited for the Sabres offseason. I have been. I have been more excited about them in the last few weeks than I have really the rest of the season going back to when they were still in it in October. Because the longer the season's gone on, my and part of this is the GM has talked this way, my confidence has grown as time has gone on, that they will make the necessary moves. They understand now that they have to make trades. They have to sign people. They have to not fix the roster, but they have to add to it. There are hockey trades to be had here. There There is a defenseman trade that I think has been out there for them to make for a long time, and especially now, makes sense given all the forwards that are on the way that there is not room for. I mean, look, hell, look at Krebs. Look at Krebs the last couple of weeks. The last week, really, more so. That guy has been buried on the fourth line, and he embraced it, and Granado said that he might have needed to go through that to mature his game, but then the last week, he looks like a real player. He looks like I mean, with the plays he makes passing the puck, he looks like a legitimate playmaker that will play in your top nine as one of your top three centermen. All right, there's another one. Right now, the Sabres, before Yuri Kulik arrives, before Noah Oslin arrives, before Matthew Savoy arrives, who are all center prospects. Maybe they could play to the wing, maybe they've played some wing already in juniors and they can just do that full-time. Either way, that is three of your top prospects. Your three top prospects all play that position. And already, they have four centermen that I think are quality top three centermen. You're already at four for three spots. You'd hope soon you'll have seven guys for three spots. And obviously, a couple of them move to the wing. Probably one, maybe two will be traded. But those are the trades that need to happen. And 
putting that at risk, I don't know, that doesn't make me feel great. What I'd, I'd like to have both things, and I'd hope that it could be true that they could go on a run, this group could figure some things out, and they would still know, well, we still got to add to it. This middle stat trade to clear a spot at the forward group and add in a different position, likely the blue line, another a top pair defenseman, a second pair defenseman, someone that can play next to Owen Power next year, and then your third pair can be, what, Yoki Haru and Clifton and be in a better spot than the depth of the unit has ever been. What about Ryan Johnson? Ryan Johnson maybe is going to be the third pair left shot defenseman. Either way. He hasn't been bad this year. I mean, I think that he's no, he hasn't, kind of on his way to being like that second pair guy. Maybe, but I'm relying on internal development like that over and over and over. I don't know. Like, it's it's not a 100% success rate. You know, like, there, there are warts. Getting a proven commodity, like, it, I, the digs trade, right? The digs trade. When the Bills made that, they were ready to win. And... What they did, they could have sat there and drafted Justin Jefferson or drafted, I mean, it could have been Jalen Rager just as easily. When the Bills made that trade for Stephon Diggs, it was, all right, it's time to win and win big. We could just draft a guy. We could just go for the young, unproven commodity and do that and hope that that works out or... We can take all the risk away and just get a guy that we know we plug him in this spot and he's going to be great. We know for a fact that's going to happen. Because there are there are ideas every year in the NHL that are available where it's it's along those same lines. We you trade your three maybes for a this guy's going to be great. And you're doing that because, hey, it's time to win. Not sit on your hands and hope that somebody's going to turn into that player. And I, I like Ryan Johnson just fine. I like him a lot this year. But they have depth. They have a ton of youth. They have a ton of potential. And it all can't play on the team. Is there ever been more of a time to cash in? Because all of that youth, all of that potential has value. It all has, there's a, there's a a value on the open market for that youth and potential. And it's sitting there in the bank. It's just sitting there. And at some point, you want to spend it. You want to spend some of it. You don't have to spend all of it. But go spend some of it. And I can't imagine what it would feel like if they did nothing. Even if they go on a little bit of a run here and then do nothing. Man, I don't know. How do you sell that? How do you sell that to your fans? I I think Elliot Friedman put it perfectly a couple weeks ago on his podcast when he said, it's not fair to expect these people to be patient anymore. Patience, you know, there might be merit to it. 
I just went through with Paul, like, Granado th- is thinking this way, that they've improved so much defensively, and they've improved so much in goal with Lukanen, that the things they were not good at last year, they've gotten better at. But the scoring has went away. So, if you just get the scoring to return, boom, you have a great hockey team. But that level of patience is just not fair to expect the fans to buy into. I don't think. I think there are, and and it's not just for the fans. You're not doing it just for PR that you're trading these pieces. It's, you know, this is how the league works. You make moves. You get better for right now. You you do what, you know, some version of what the Red Wings have done. I don't think the Red Wings are a great hockey team. I think they have a lot of pieces of their game that are going to regress. I do not think Alex Lyon, even though he did a little of this last year for Florida too, is the goaltender that he's looked like in the last three weeks as they've gone on this. They've gone on the heater for Detroit. But go look at how their team's built. I just want a little of what they've done. They've drafted so few of their players. It's all... Iserman came in there and he didn't draft and develop the team that you're seeing right now in a playoff spot for Detroit. He traded for it all and he signed for it all. Colorado won the Cup a couple of years ago with like four guys they drafted. And I'm not asking the Sabres to get rid of all the prospects, all the young pieces. Go make... Three four-for-one trades. But you need a little of that. And there's no better time to do it than this offseason. It's why I've been getting excited for the offseason. Because I've convinced myself they're finally going to do it. They're going to make a move that's going to make fans excited for next season. And excited for the home opener because it's our first time seeing this guy. In blue and gold. These two guys in blue and gold. And this is the time to win. They said with their words this past offseason that the window was now open. That it's now about winning a Stanley Cup. But the window was open. But their actions have yet to tell us that the window is open. Their words have said windows open. The actions haven't. And I'm getting myself maybe too excited because I I really do want to believe that they're going to finally do it. Maybe it could be before the deadline, but I think offseason is probably more likely. 803-0550, Ken and Amherst. What's up, Ken? Hi. Um, I heard that uh, Ottawa's got Brady Kachuk on trading. Uh, uh-huh. On what? Um, he, Brady Kachuk. What about him? Uh, he's up for trades. I do not believe that is correct. Well, I I saw it online, a, a bunch of it. I will double-check that, Ken. I don't know where you might have saw that. He just signed a long-term contract. It would bewilder me beyond belief if anyone is talking about him being traded, but I don't know, maybe. As I Google it, this is how online works, right? I'll Locked on Senators. Eight hours ago. Why is Senators Captain Brady Kachuk in NHL trade rumors? All right. All right. 
I won't dismiss you, but I would be floored. <laughs> I would be. He's under contract. I just I don't know why they would do that. But here's the thing. Even if it's not Brady Kachuk, because I think that, that might be silly to think he's actually going to get traded. But even if it's not him specifically, that's the level of player. Nate, in the 6 o'clock hour when we were talking about the deadline, said the move to be made is Middlestat Savoy in a first. I don't know who the player is you're in back, but Middlestat Savoy in a first. That is, to a T, the type of trade they need to make. Those players rarely become available that are worth that package. Your, your Jack Eichels, your Matthew Kachucks, those level of player, I mean, it is rare that they get to the open market. But the next time there's a guy like that, you're going to want the Sabres with all of their picks, all of their prospects, all of their cap room to weaponize all of that and try to pull off a move like that. I say try because, you know, even then there will be hiccups with, does the guy want to even play for you? Time out here, Extendo Sports on the way back. We'll wrap things up, send it off to the Extra Point Show here on WGR. Breaking sports news airs first here. Guaranteed. WGR Sports Radio 550. 2020 Sports. Extendo Sports. Extendo Sports. Instant trivia in Extendo Sports. Brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. Fresh human grade dog food delivered right to your door. Instant trivia for today. There was a trade this weekend involving a former Sabre first round pick. Josh, do you know it? Yes, I do. Who is it? Alex Nylander. Alex Nylander. That is not the trivia, though. Oh, darn. I was going to say. It's part of the trivia. (laughs) Alex Nylander was traded from the Penguins to the Blue Jackets. You might have forgotten that Alex Nylander existed. That would be acceptable if that happened to you because he doesn't really do anything in the NHL. Yeah. He he has 14 career goals. Nice pick there, uh, Tim Murray. Uh, First of those came with the Sabres seven years ago. Wow. Can you tell me the two players that assisted on that goal? Oh, jeez. Um, are they... They're probably not on the team still, are they? They're not on the team anymore. Okay. I don't know if any... No, that's not true. There would be a couple players left from that team, but not mm. the two assisters. Were they drafted by the Sabres? Yes. Both of them? Yes. Hmm. Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt? Nope. They're both defensemen. Oh, Wow. And they were both drafted by the Sabres. They were both drafted. They both would have had a lot of hype as prospects. Risto. Risto. Okay. And... Man, another... Three goals with the Sabres, by the way, Alex Nylander. When was the other defenseman drafted? Might be the same year as Nylander. Really? Yeah. Man, I can't think of... A lot of hype as a prospect. He was super fast. Super fast. And he did not have really an NHL career. But he had hype. And then the Sabres traded him. I can't... Brendan Gooley. Oh, man. I forgot about Brendan Gooley. Brendan Gooley. 
Wow. But isn't he in uh, Montreal now? No, he's not in the NHL. Oh. He hasn't been for a few years. Wow. Uh, he, did I, not, he did not have a career. I think last I knew he was in Montreal. Nylander. But. And, you know, we all have our victory laps, right? We all have our victory laps. I went to see this guy play. Not because of him. I went to see McDavid in Erie a bunch of times. And we would pick different opponents based on, like, okay, do we want to go this one? Like, who who's some first-round pick guys that we might want to see while seeing McDavid. And eventually we got to, all right, let's go see the Mississauga Steelheads when they play Erie. Because they had two first-round guys. I think Michael McLeod was maybe one of them. And Nylander was the other, before Nylander got drafted. And I went to that game, didn't notice him one time. And as we're leaving, I go, did Nylander play in that game? And then we had to look up on the box score to see, oh yeah, he played 20 minutes. Didn't do 20 anything. minutes and you didn't even recognize didn't, him. Didn't didn't see him. Wow. Then they dra- the Sabres drafted him when I wanted and we all wanted to see them pick a defenseman. They needed to pick a defenseman. And for whatever reason, they picked Alex Nylander. Then I saw him at development camp. And immediately, like I was solidified forever after that of this guy's not going to be an NHL player. I don't know what got him drafted there. He's not that dynamic. He's not that, you know, quick. The stick handling, like I just, I never saw it. You want to? It is pick? not a surprise to me at all that this guy's been passed around a few different teams, and nobody, nobody thinks he's an NHL player. Do you know the pick directly after Alex Nylander? I don't want to know. Mikhail Sergachev. Oh, sick. Sabers and Panthers tomorrow night. All right, give us a little bit of a season here. What? Let's do it. I'll, can, I'll put enough faith into Kevin Adams to know that even if they go on a run. They know moves have to be made. I'm afraid to say that. I'm afraid to be thinking that, but I'd want to see both happen. Go on a run and then make those trades that they need to be made. All right, that's it for us today here on The Morning Show. Jeremy back tomorrow. You got the Extra Point Show coming up next. Sal about to be on his way to Indianapolis for the Combine. And we'll have some coach and GM stuff, I'm sure. From uh, Bean and McDermott. And so long to Peter King, who announced his retirement today. The GOAT. The GOAT NFL columnist, I think, has to be uh, has to be said. All right. Thanks for listening. Zach and Josh up next. Stay tuned. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.